Oh, that's goal! Oh! Finally, Mustak! What a goal! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by Mr. Mark Donaldson. Happy anniversary to us, 200 episodes strong. What a pish spoken in the previous 199, but they say self-praise is no praise. I think we deserve... A wee pat on the back, but are we in a better place now than when we started Scarves Around the Funnel when Hearts were preparing for a League Cup semi-final, but they were top of the league in October 2018? Well, that's a that's a very deep question that um, <laughs> we won't get into today. But yes, it is our official episode 200, albeit there's actually been... 213 before but in terms of when we've titled them official episodes not little extra things here or there we're on number 200 so given it's uh, a special occasion as marcus put it we thought it was only right that we got a, a very special guest on um someone who if you tune into hearts tv which i'm sure more of you have done in the last few years given the pandemic then you've probably heard him alongside me um speaking just as much rubbish as mark and i do and that is uh, the legend that is Mr. Jimmy Sanderson. How are you doing? Good evening, guys. I'm very, very grateful. Thank you for the invitation. Jimmy, hold on. I've got to, I'm standing up and applauding this. Oh. This is a momentous moment. We never thought we would see this day. I blush. I actually blush because for your two, is it your 200th podcast, yep. you're saying? Yep. Fan, you could have got somebody much more important than me. No. Well, they got the they got the first hundred ninety nine, so we got to you. <laughs> it's ta- it's taken two hundred episodes for your family to teach you how to use Zoom. Yes, that's very true. Very true. What, what did you say, Jimmy, when I said we'll do it via Zoom? What did you tell me? And I said that's Fat Larry's band. That's a great <laughs> tune from the eighties, by the way. Honestly, looking when my heart went boom. Brilliant tune. You I, sound I, like I, Scott Wilson. And that's the thing that he would have answered. That, honestly, it's like Scott Wilson and Jimmy Sanderson are the same person. Never, well, you have been seen together. That's the thing. That's the only way that we know that you aren't the same person because you've you've been in Tynecastle together, and we know that you're you are different people. But oh, I'm just so pleased that you're here, Mark. He's a wee bit nasally, as you know. He's a wee bit hello, Scott Wilson, and let's make some noise. Is he not? That's why he got fired. That's, that's right. Why, uh, I thought you might have had a chance to take over. Well, it was offered, I have to say, but... Um, You'd miss well, me too much. That's right. I miss my, my good compadriate. <laughs> right. This this is going to be a nightmare because, Jimmy, we we have a, a tendency to go off on tangents, Mark especially. Um, so, well, this I could see this, this, this could go all sorts of directions this week. Um, so we are going to chat to Jimmy about his time at Hearts as a player. Of course, he used to play, if you didn't know, um, occasionally. And... Of player. course, you're t- player. <laughs> player. A time, it's time after Hearts as well as a player. When since he's been not um, fucking talking about Airdrie, though, are we? Yes, the good oh, old diamonds. Get that up. Maybe a little bit. I'll talk about a certain referee. Hey, don't you start Sanderson. Otherwise, we'll go on about missing cup finals. Oh, tell come me on, don't Who can play that game. Right, and then we will later on in the show talk about 
Heart and Loathing against St. Johnson at the weekend. We were going to do it first, but our third host, Mr. McGowan's in a bit of a huff, so he's not come on yet. Diva, yeah, he dictates so. when he wants to. I'll be speaking at this time about this game. You can so, do the rest before me. He's um he's cross-armed somewhere saying he's not coming on, but I think I think we'll get him on before the end. So we'll get him on to speak about um how we lost Kai Rolls for the Hearts goal, how he didn't get to Liam Boyce for one of the other Hearts goals, and just how he lost the game basically. Um so yeah, let's see if I can convince him to come on if he ever hears that. Right. <laughs> right, let's get started. Right, okay. Mr. Jimmy Sanderson. Sanderson. Now what's Let's go all the way back to before... before to when your was... mother and father decided <laughs> to have baby Jimmy. No, <laughs> We're going that was... far back. Not quite that far back, but before, okay. I, before I was even a twinkle in my dad's eye. Black and white days, so, guys. It was a black and white oh, days. Son. Yes, back in the early 80s. So you signed for Hearts at 17 years of age. Take us back then. How did it come about? Well, schoolboy, um, playing for my local school, Craig Royston, before that Southern House was my primary school, and just hanging around in those teams. And then um, it started probably a year before that, maybe 16, I got picked up by Terry Christie at Meadowbank, and he invited me along to train. So I had a, a probably about 10 months, maybe just maybe just under that, off training at, at Meadowbank, the old Meadowbank Stadium, not the brand new one now, but the old one, um, and I, I trained there three nights a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, something like Saturday morning, um, which was great because it, it, the level of training for me at that stage was just unbelievable. Um, and then within that 10 months, I was obviously still at school. There was a, a, a Scottish schoolboys trial, which I managed to sneak into, and there was a, 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 a trial at Tynecastle, would you believe? And we were taking on the Hearts under 18s. And um, it was as simple as that. I, I, we, we, the Scottish schoolboys were taking on the Hearts under 18s uh, midweek. Um, and I managed to play okay. I didn't think I played really great, but I, I, I was middle of the park, done a bit of running about, one or two little passes here and there. And it was after the match when we were, we were asked just to leave, you know, shower up and leave. And um, Walter Bothwick came through and spoke to me and asked me, if my mother and father were here and I said they were and he just spoke to us and said listen we thought we've seen enough would you like to sign for us and I'd love to have said um, can I get my agent and we can discuss huge sums of money but I just said I looked at my mum and dad and I said absolutely <laughs> but it was just I mean it was just I was overawed I just my mum and dad were not football people didn't know what to do um, and we just literally said yeah, simple as that. So we came back the following day and um, discussed it at length. Um, but it was as simple as that. It was just a, a game, a trial game for a Scottish schoolboy at Tynecastle. Lucky place, lucky time, did okay. Somebody noticed me and there, there I went from there. What hairstyle did you have back then, Jimmy? It, it, was, it's a, it was a natural... Never, listen, we we'll have to put this to bed right now. I have never, ever had my hair permed at all. In <laughs> fact, and in fact, I've had two perms straighteners through it. I hated curls. Absolutely hated my hair and hated curls. Anyway, it was a bit kind of curly and a bit, a bit wavy. So that, that was that. A um, bit? That, well, a wee bit. A wee bit. When did the when did so the you, you put Jimmy Sanderson into Google and the, the the stuff that we can mention 
that comes up. Um, there's a black and white picture of you, Tank Castle. That's got to be 87, 88. Yes. Um, yeah. with a buckter jersey. Yeah. And it's the it's it's the blonde hair. Yeah. But there's a there's a tash. There's a wee do bit you, of a, a growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you growth. did you ever go? Did you ever try and do full beard, or was that kind of menacing no. enough? Just a no. kind of bottom lip. I tried. I tried to be tash for about six months, and um, it was horrific. I mean, I'm I'm kid, uh, horrific. And see, when I look back at it now, I'm thinking I seriously walked about the streets like that. Never mind play football. And football. <laughs> it was horrific. So if, as far as a beard went, no, I've never been a kind of beardy, hairy faced guy. But sadly. Um, a couple of photographs have been taken off me with the hair, and and, and I think I tried the old moustache again to see if it would come in a wee bit more, uh, you know, better as the years went on. And these two photographs come up all the time. If anybody's going to get a Google photograph of me, it's those two horrific photographs. Thank you very much. <laughs> you um, made a, a debut, not competitive debut, in March '84, an East of Scotland match against Berwick Rangers. Nineteen-year-old um, Craig Levine was in that side as well. Played a friendly against Eintracht Frankfurt um, before your competitive debuts. This is April 1985, away to Rangers. You came on at halftime for Andy Watson with Rangers leading 2-0. Do you remember much from this? You were just 19 at the time. Um, tough away trip at Ibrox. Yeah, what I memories mean, have you got of that? Yeah, well, I mean, being named, I mean, in the old days, at the back of the door in the dressing room, first team dressing room, there was a sheet went up. And the, the names would be on it, you know, from Henry Smith all the way down to whoever. And you kind of roughly worked out who was going to be playing on a match day by the, where you were on the sheet. And I was away down the bottom. I was 16, 17th name, but absolutely delighted to be in the squad, I have to say. But um, and then you go to Ibrox and then you do your wee bit and then the manager names the team and then I'm on the bench and I'm thinking, my goodness me. Now, I mean, Ibrox, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just a young kid. Um, I'm looking at this huge stadium packed with, with Rangers supporters, probably a number of heart supporters too, but I'm thinking I'm on the bench here. And I was so overawed with the whole atmosphere and just, you know, being at Ibrox and thinking, my goodness me, you know, this, this is it. And then the, the, the guys were, I think you said they were two goals down at halftime. Yep. Um, sadly, the manager went ballistic at halftime and, and he looked at me and I thought, oh no, he's not looking at me. He's not Because I'm, I'm not going to come on and change it, I don't think. But he put me on at half time, and and I remember at Vivid, I thought I just go in and I'll do I'll do simple things. I'll keep it the way. I'll I'll play simple passes, and and we managed. I think we, if my memory serves me right, Laurie, I think we lost three two in the end. Did we not? We lost three one. But three you, one. My apologies. You the second my half, apologies. so you got you got to go back through Brian McNaughton, and yeah. then Davy Cooper scored late on to make it three one. Yeah. So you actually you, you drew the second half when you came on, and yeah. what I should mention for. For maybe younger listeners, um, there's only two subs back then. So, um, yeah. you know, to be named on the bench was quite a big thing because you look at the Hearts team, there's Henry Smith, Walter Kidd, Sandy Jardin, Roddy McDonald, Craig Levine, John Robertson, Sandy Clark. Um, the other substitute was Alex McDonald, who's 37 by that point. So <laughs> I suppose, you know, we see now, Jimmy, you know, you know, we commentate together, you get five subs. Um, yeah. You can get six if there's a, yeah. a concussion. Yeah. Um, there's not as many, there weren't as many options to change games no, back there in those days. Were no, there? Wasn't. no, there wasn't. So I was, I mean, to take you back, I was signed as a midfielder. So, I mean, if anybody knows me, I'm not the big, I'm not a Craig Levine or a Dave McPherson or a big strapping six-footer. I'm just this wee guy that, 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 that kind of ducked and dived in the middle of the park. So It says five foot ten on your London ah, hands. I've stood next to you and I'm like, 
That's with my high heels on, be fair. Now. I'm not, you know, like I'm, I'm, no, no. we promised we wouldn't go down that. <laughs> <avenue. laughs> but no, so, so it was strange, but you know, I, I do remember that game. It was, it was, a, it was a huge game for me. Um, I got a good bit of press after it, which was good. Um, and 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 then 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 the kind of real hard work started because I thought, well, I like what I see here. I, I, I want to get in the first team more. How do I do that? You know, I've got to, I've got to get mentally better, physically better. You know, take my opportunities when they come along. I'm always saying in, in commentary with you, Laurie, that I always think that anybody that comes off the bench should make an impact, and I, and I hope I did that night um, to, to to try and catch the manager's eye and well, two managers, Sandy and the gaffer, to say that I'm you know I'm I'm, I'm available and, and and I'm ready to to, to go. Um, so uh, yeah, I do remember that. It's it's one of the games. You, it would have been nice if it was maybe at Tyne Castle and and a, with a great respect, a, a smaller team. But um, it was it was right into the cauldron of Ibrox, you know what I mean? It was there was pressure, there was atmosphere, there was everything going. Um, but I do remember, I remember like yesterday, and it was it was a kind of turning point for me in my, in my head where I knew I thought I've got a wee chance here to to make a career out of this this this. Jim, Jimmy, where do you if I gave you a blank bit of paper at the start of your career and you could pick any position to put the name of of Jimmy Sanderson in, where would you pick? Well, I've had this debate a number of times. I would, I would love to have played the, the, what you you see as the ten nowadays. I, whenever we we had a training session, ten, yeah, oh my, yeah, middle of, I just, I've never, I've never been a, I've, I've never been a physical type of guy. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start to rip myself apart here. I'm, I'm not a tall guy. I'm not. A, we'll I'm, do that for you, Jimmy. I, I know you will. <laughs> I'm not a physical guy. I, I, I've not got great pace. But but just you really uh, sell yourself. I know I know. But all the, the things that people always remember me for is uh, I could I had a good touch and a good passing me and things like that. So every time we had a training session, even if it was Tyne Castle, whatever, and we're allowed to play in a position, I never played in uh, defence. Never. Always went up front or or in behind a couple of strikers and maybe just I wanted to get on the ball as much as I could. Um, you were tidy, son. Tidy. I was correct. Because London Hearts have pretty much a position for every one of the players that have ever played for Hearts. Even Thomas Flogel's got defender midfielder. Do you know what your position there is on LondonHearts.com? Sweeper. It just says versatile. Versatile. <laughs> I know, I know. But you think, if, if, I, if, I, if I go back to those days, I mean, the, the, the general idea was for me to replace Sandy Jardin. That was the general idea. The problem I had with that is Sandy very rarely got injured. And I think, if I remember rightly, he played over a thousand games at the top level. So, um, I was kind of waiting and waiting, and and, the, and and obviously playing so many reserve games, um, getting into his style, what he wanted me to do, um, exactly reading the game, dropping off, doing this, covering the fullbacks, making the two centre halves pick up, you know, and just really waiting for him to hang his boots up in a sense. But it, it it took so long to do that, and and sadly for me, as you mentioned slightly earlier, there, Craig Levine came along, you <laughs> <laughs> kind of slotted in that position really well, so. It started to then hinder the amount of position. Well, it certainly hindered me in that position. So then I had to be, had to think of covering other people's positions. Maybe you know, right back for what he kid, or, or going in the middle of the park for somebody who's suspended. I actually played left back at some stage. Um, I remember Brian uh, Whitaker, late Brian Whitaker, got injured and I had to go in at left back. So I mean, I played a number of positions, and maybe maybe when I look back in it. Um, that was my downfall, maybe rather than securing one position and, and nailing it down and making it mine. Because Sandy took so long and Craig Levine developed so quickly, I, I kind of found my, my, my way a wee bit difficult. Yeah, 85 86. I, I don't know what you 
obviously you'll remember the season, but as part of the team, because you only made five appearances, you only just turned 20, though, to be fair, at the start of the yeah, season. Yeah. You did start the opening day of the season, though. First game against Celtic. Yeah. yeah, I remember um, it well because it was the place was absolutely rammed. The old away end was full of Celtic supporters with the shed. I mean, the place was absolutely rammed. And if I remember that game vividly, similar to the, the Ibrox game. It was, I mean, I think we finished the game 1 1. Um, and I was oh, playing that right, right, right wing back, yeah, right wing back area, um, try to get up and down and stuff like that, and try to put balls in, and and, and you know just again try to keep myself out of trouble, and um, and I always knew that, that I mean I'm, I'm replacing the Walter kid, so I knew that Walter kid when he came back would, would come straight back into the team, so I knew that that was in my position, and again just you know hoping that Sandy might pull his calf or or, or get injured, I might get the team, but I think you remember that that whole season was a, a season where there was very little injuries and suspensions. and um, Yeah, I mean, actually, it's one thing I was going to get onto later, actually, was, um, you know, the fact over your time at Hearts, you played 84 times, 68 of them starts. Um, in terms of 85, 86, though, um, only 14 players got 10 or more appearances for Hearts that season. And that was obviously the days of only having a couple of substitutes. And... Um, as a squad player, it's kind of different. Do you think if Jimmy Sanderson has come through in a different era, you might have got a few more games because these days you need 15 or yeah. 16 regulars and then there's even into the 20s of players that play over yeah. the course of a season. Yeah. But back then, um, you obviously, you, you did well. You played a, a fair amount of games for Hearts. We'll get into a few more specifics, but kind of tough, isn't it, being on the periphery of the team? Yes, well, 100%. And I knew that. And the funny thing about it is when, when I look back and it, I didn't have the knowledge or the, the want or desire. I probably should have left a lot earlier than I did, Laurie. Yeah. Um, I, 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 but however, I didn't want to leave. I mean, I, I loved the place. I was a local laddie. I was, I mean, you know, born and bred 10 minutes down the road in Muirhouse. Um, You know, ideal job situation, exactly what I wanted to do. And I didn't have any aspirations to go anywhere else. However, I was absolutely frustrated to my back teeth the amount of times that I couldn't get in the first team um, for whatever reasons. Um, and the majority of them were because they were better players ahead of me, obviously. When you've got guys like McLaren, McPherson and Levine, then I'm obviously going to play second, third, fourth fiddle to these guys because they were all you know, quality players and cap for their countries. But there, there, there was a lot of times where I came in for Sandy and did all right. I knew I did all right myself. You, you know yourself when you play well or play poorly. Um, and, and, and literally, you know, two weeks into that campaign, whatever, Sandy would, you know, get injured, injury free, come back in, and I'd be bombed right back out again. And it, it was it, it was particularly frustrating over a number of years that I thought I, I, I didn't know what to do. And, I, and I, I, you know, I started to speak to the older guys, what I should do, but is it better hanging on? But it does, when I look back on it, Laurie, it's, it's a poor return. There's, there's absolutely no question about it. I love my time there, but it was a really poor return. Did you have options, Jimmy, to move elsewhere? <clears throat> yes and no. Uh, um, uh, as I said, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make any noises. I, I never went in and said that you, you put me in a transfer. I never ever asked for a transfer. Uh, but but as as the years went on, I, I'd heard that it was uh, Dundee was seemingly interested in me, and then but the manager never he never spoke to me about it. I just heard it through the grapevine. I heard it through more senior players, um, and and I remember Eamon Bannon saying to me. Um, We'd been out for a couple of drinks and he'd heard the whisper also and I'd heard it too, but nothing concrete. And he said to me quite slowly, he says, you know, he says, sadly, you're not good enough to get in the first team. He said, but you're too good to let go. And and I was caught in that little um, no man's land. 
coming in. You're, I mean, you see, to look back at that, it must have been a manager's delight because it's. I was going to say your versatility must yeah. have helped when you've got very few substitutes. Well, that's right, it does. You can it come does. on in loads of positions. You've always, well, that's right. I mean, I, I speak about Michael Smith nowadays. We had a guy here called Sandy Stewart who would play mm-hmm. dozens of positions. And I think every decent team has to have somebody who's flexible enough to do that. And, you know, some of the rotation I've seen at the, the Tyne Castle now is great we had, with three or four different players. I got myself caught up in that probably because I just, I was so desperate to get in the first team that I would I would try and play everybody's position just in mm-hmm. case they go injured. And I would Jack I'd of all I, trades. I, I can, yeah, I can play that. I can play that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of times that, that I, I mean, I seriously, over the, the course of the years I was there, I, I would have debates with them at Chappie's door on a Monday morning, ask them, ask them why, why can I not get in your team? What, what, what do I need to do? Because they were winning. There's not going to change a winning team. No, that's right. In 85, 86. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that was one year. I maybe didn't chat the door as many times as I did other, other years, but certainly, no, I mean, I, you pick your times, you know, in my day, when, you, when the team, when the first team played poorly, then, and you're playing okay in the reserves, you're thinking, right, I, I need I need a wee sniff here. You know, will I, will I make the squad? If I'm not in the squad and I am still think I'm playing well in the reserves, then I'll, I'll be going to his door. And I must admit, I mean, I've spoken to the manager, I still call him a manager, I like my dog. And, you know, the amount of times I was at his door is that you again come in, sit down, right, what you want now. <laughs> and I was always constantly am. I just wanted to play. I, I, I was tired of playing with the kids and I wanted to play first team football. Simple as that. You played, um, you played 17 times, 86, 87, 16 of them starts. Back then it was just three in 87, 88. But 88, 89, so 17 appearances. And um, Graham D messaged us and asked us um, what was it like for Jimmy to be involved in the UEFA Cup run in, in 89? And does he have a particular standout moment from that run, apart from Bayern at home? So I want to take you to this Cup run because 9th of November, 1988, maybe one of your... Maybe one of your finest moments I've heard before my time watching Hearts, but UEFA Cup second round, second leg, away to Austria, Vienna. <laughs> well, it was just, again, it was a strange affair. Again, I'm, I'm in and out. I'm maybe getting half a dozen games here, going back out again, you know, trying to find my way again. And again, the strange thing, with, with, if I remember it right, there was a midweek game. The, the, the sheet goes up two or three days before it. I'm right at the bottom of the sheet again. So I'm, I'm going. I'm thinking, that's great. I'll get, I'll get a bit of good experience. And we spoke about it before that, that, that when we get across here, we're going to have a little kind of a little practice match. So he, the manager's got to take enough bodies. I think he was he was going to play in the practice match too, but some kind of little practice match where um, the peripheral edge people like myself were going to were going to be the Austria Vienna players, and it would be the first team you know be them. And I remember that night we were we're in this training area, and he threw me a bib. And I caught it, and 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 I looked about, and and the rest of the first team were in that same colour bib. And I looked, I looked at the back of me, thinking, Gaffer, do you want me to give this to somebody else? Or and he says, No, no, son, you put it on. So I put it on, and he says, I want you playing the middle of the park. And I'm thinking, Oh, and I and, and I, was, I checked my left shoulder, thinking, No, he's got this wrong. No, it's definitely me. And he, and I was sitting right in the middle of the park, and and then we had another young kid who we brought along, and and he and he put him there, and he said, I want you man mark him wherever he goes, you go. I'm thinking, okay, right, okay. And we did a little kind of little function. And I'm looking about thinking, well, that's that's the first team I'm seeing. The only one that's kind of out of place is me. It should have been. Uh, <laughs> no, and, and we played for about 20 minutes. This was, this was like maybe two nights, an eight and a half before the big game. Played for about 20 minutes, just going through a shape. Whatever they did in that situation, you do this, you do that. So we all knew what, exactly what to do. And I kept waiting for the manager to say, right, take the bib off and give it to Gary McKay or whoever, you know, give it to whoever. Um, 
And he didn't, he left it. And I thought, oh. And the talk that whole night was, because I hadn't been in the first team for maybe a couple of weeks, three weeks, whatever, it was a bit of a, 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 a kind of talking moment. And everybody said, you're playing. And I thought, has he told you you're playing? I said, no, he's not told me playing. He just threw me the bib. And then took the bib off me. So he never, I never knew until we went in the, the, the dressing room an hour before. And as we do, we sit down, the manager comes in and he names the team. You know, 65 minutes before the kickoff, there's the team. And there I am. And I'm in the middle of the park. And he says, simple as that. He says, the boy's name's Herbert Prohaska. He says, there's a photograph of him. He says, all I want you to do, he says, dead simple, just go and annoy him. Just stay beside him every single minute of the game. He says, can you do that? He says, Gaffer, it's not a problem. That's not a problem. And I actually thought to myself, this, this will be quite easy because think of yourself playing a game of football where all you're going to do is just stand beside one guy. Whenever he goes, just be two or three yards away from him. Deny him the time and space and, and, and over the piece, just literally annoy him. And, and I actually, I, I thought this has to be really quite simple. And I actually found it quite simple. <laughs> I, I found it quite simple. And I think you're doing yourself a disservice because, again, well, for, for younger listeners, I mean, Herbert Prohaska had been an internationale. He'd won um, he trophies. Was a star. In, he was one of the best players. Trophies in Italy with both Inter and with Roma. He would eventually get 83 caps for Austria. So, um I, I, I don't think it maybe you made it look easy that night but I, I well think. it's maybe not that but just I mean there was no I mean when he, when the gaffer went and Sandy went into the kind of heavier tactics of who's picking up there who's picking up there you know the, the, he, just, he just he just went past me because he said you know exactly what you're going to do I ain't no problem and he went on about you know JC do that and, and what are you doing that and Mike Galloway do that and you do that and you've got to do that and, and in this situation what are you doing that and picking up corners for and against so everybody doing their, their jobs but he just left me alone just he says, just you just stand beside him and whatever he goes, just be in his face. So just deny him time and space. And and that, that's all he wanted me to do. But the good thing about that is as 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 the game went on, as you probably remember, I mean, the first half I was just I, I was not any more than two yards away from him. And he kept looking at me and, and he was mumbling at me. And, I, and he's obviously <laughs> calling me some kind of horrible names, but as if to say, you know, son, what are you doing? I mean, what you know, and I'm I'm looking at the thing, listen, I'm I'm no frightened of you, I'm frightened of the manager. I've got his table. <laughs> and I must, have, I must have just annoyed him. Literally, just annoyed him. Simple as that. And he just got more frustrated and frustrated. And it was a manager's plan because he thought, if he's the best player, if I can keep him quiet, then hopefully our good players will perform. And and they did. Yeah, I'm just comparing the, the the two teams. I mean, the defense was was pretty similar. He went narrower in the second game because John Cahoon started yeah. um, the first game, but didn't start the second game. Alan Moore started the first game, didn't start the second game. Those were the, the two changes, um, yeah. Cahoon and Moore, replaced by Mackay and Sanderson. So it was clear there was a game plan. Yeah. What I want to know is, what was your position when I watched this go again yesterday, because I was showing my <laughs> pals at work, and he's like, well, that's 10 yards offside. I said, it wasn't given offside. He goes, it could have, it must have been given offside. Where were you when the through ball was played for kid to find Galloway. If I remember right again, I, I'm no I'm no leaving here but at all. That's what you see right next to Prohaska. I'm now he's good pal, but we're, we're on first name terms and I'm probably holding his hand by now. But um the, you know, as the game went on, I actually started to think to myself, he's actually chucked it a wee bit. He's that frustrated that I'm all over him that he's actually no going for the ball. So there was times I was kind of spinning off him a wee bit and thinking, I'll take a wee gamble here. And I remember, you know, trying to do do things like that. And when we look at the manager, he, he would wave his finger and I'd have to go back again. But there was a couple of times where I, I managed to just spin off him and, and, and take the gamble. But the time when the ball goes through, I'm, I'm probably sitting in the middle of the park. And I mean, it was an absolute fortnight offside. I mean, a fortnight offside. 
My goodness me. But, I mean, as Watty Kid goes for it and then tucks it back in and, and Mike Galloway's there, I'm, I'm probably then coming at, at the back of him, just, you know, try again. If he misses it, I might get a wee, a wee sniff on it. Because I, I, later on in that game, I have a wee shot at goal, um, which is very unlike me, because I'm starting to feel good about things. I, I now think I've done my task. I can maybe, can I, can I spin off him? Can I get slightly more forward? So I take one or two little gambles, which, you know, the manager did pull him up after the match. However, but I was pretty close to Mike Gallo when he scored. I'm maybe about 10, 15 yards at the back of him. Ah, you get you get involved in the celebrations, though. So, yeah, um, I'm, close to, oh, I'm definitely close to that. Because there was a little pocket of heart supporters away up high in the, the balcony kind of area of the, the, the beautiful stadium. And, we, we, you know, we just we just made sure that we kind of turned and, and tried to go towards the end because they were making a huge amount of noise. But it was just an, an unbelievable opportunity um, maybe a mistake from the officials, whatever, but, you know, what he could cross, Mike Galloway finish, and then, you know, I'm all over the back of me after that, which is, I'm thinking, yeah, beauty. <laughs> because you think about it, I mean, the European games, there were huge games, I mean, massive, massive games that you just wanted to get something from, and you knew after a period of time, you thought, this is going well. You know, as a football player, after a period of time, you think, we, we've got a wee opportunity here. And I keep saying that to you sometimes, Laurie, in, in commentary, where, Players can sniff when it's going poorly, or they can the other other side of the coin. They think, "Hang on a minute here. This team's just no at it. He's yeah. no at it. You're no at it. We've got a wee chance." And I could I could feel that 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 we had momentum. We, we, good things were happening, and I thought, "Oh, this could be a, a, a huge momentous occasion." You came off the bench home to Vela's Mostar in the third round. Um, Bayern Munich, you were an unused sub for for both legs of that. But what was that like? as an experience just to be involved in at all? Well, again, the Bayern Munich game, but let, let me take you back just, just very quickly before that. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. If I can. And again, just to, just to nail the whole kind of frustration when I was trying to get in and out of the team. We played that game against Austria Vienna in midweek and got a wonderful, wonderful result. And you got dropped against Hibs on the next day. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was, I was in the, the manager's office on a Saturday morning and he says, Jimmy, you're not playing. And I said, Gaffer, you have to be having a laugh. He said, it's no your type of game. And he, I think it was Ian Jarden replaced me. And I thought to myself, that's when I really cemented myself in my own head thinking, I'm struggling here. I'm beginning to struggle. Because if you couldn't, if you couldn't have let that team roll on for the Saturday with the momentum we had. Yeah, of course. Um, because in those days, I was doing, if, if he wanted me to play against Hibs, I would do a, a Johnny Collins market job on Johnny Collins. Mm-hmm. Similar yep. to the... To the Herbert Pohaska, so I was, I mean, you couldn't have, my wee lip hit the floor that morning, and that's when I probably said to myself, I need to now start looking elsewhere. I didn't want to, but, you know, it it didn't make me feel really good. But anyway, yeah. Were you too nice to me? Were were you too nice? I probably was, mate. I probably was. I didn't have the the stature or or the backbone, in a sense, or or the bottle to take the manager on. I, I didn't, I mean, when I went to Edrie, I would I, no problem because I I, I, I knew you were my, older. Yes, maturer. I, I I was frightened. I mean, I, I'm going to use that word frightened in, in a good sense. But you're frightened when you get in a room with Sandy Jarn and Alan Donald, you know, and, and me. There's two people talking and one listening. It's as simple as that. And, well, you were twi- you were 23 at the time, and the yeah. interesting thing is, but still didn't, Hibs- have, didn't you have the maturity or the stature or the or no, no. Of course, but that was Hibbs' first win at Tynecastle since 1979, right? So he didn't play you. You could have marked John Collins. They won. Guess what? You're back in the team. 
for the next game. So now that's maybe him not verbally admitting he made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. But he's yeah. been he's reactive to 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 what happened. Uh-huh. So you, you were kind of in and out. Laurie's yeah. mentioned Velez Mostar. The, the 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 whole build up. We've spoken a lot about Bayern Munich um, with some of the guests that have come on and have been yeah. involved. What was it like when the draw was made and it was Bayern Munich, Tynecastle, quarterfinal, first leg is in Gorgi? Fear, probably a bit of fear, to be honest with you, because <laughs> the guys were feeling good about the little run that we're on and um, thought we could maybe go deep into this. We knew we were going to get some kind of quality. And, I mean, they, they at the, that particular stage were, were you know, a, a force, a real force, quality force. And then you start, you know, as it gets closer, you think, my goodness me, that I mean the the expectation, the, the the nerves, the whole thing, everything going up, up the way. Um, yeah, it was just just a game that I mean so many people remember the atmosphere midweek, lights, quality team, we're up for it. Have we got enough in the tank? I mean, have we got people that can can we have another uh, Austria Vienna night? You know, can the manager pull out a, another hair at the, the, the hat? Can he get a rabbit with a hat? Can he do something that will maybe just change the whole night? And it was just it's just a wonderful atmosphere. And we were so close. I tell you, we were so close. I mean, over the two legs, the first game at Tynecastle, you know, Fergie scores a goal, obviously. Again, things were, were happening. But, you know, it's, we were in the game. We were in the game. We we're fully respectful of them. They were a quality, quality team. with Big German internationalists in that team. But maybe just didn't like a wee bit of the intimidation that the, the home support provided. But um, well, they didn't the, respect you. You might respect you then. They didn't respect you. They underestimated right. you. Probably they, got, they got they got a shock. They did. They did. The, the kind of fire attitude, maybe the, 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 the you know the, the cold, the midweek game, the lights, the, the, the home support. Yeah, they got a wee fight. And then, you know, I mean, Tynecastle when it's full like that, certainly the shed and the, the way and can be intimidating. No question about it. Um, so I we 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 probably got a, we gave them a little bit of a fright over the piece. Um, but I remember the second game more than the, the, the first game because there was a big a big situation in our head when we when we went across here, goal up, and I think I'm named on the bench. And in those days, some of the the, the, the substitutes warmed the goalkeeper up. And I remember this vividly because I was doing a wee bit with Henry, just putting balls in and stuff like that. First team are doing a wee bits, and then they eventually go off. And I'm still working with Henry. And I remember seeing Henry. Um, I said, I'll take, the last thing we'll do is we'll take a couple of shots and I'll, t- I'll take them I'll take them pretty far out just to you know get your eye in and stuff like that. Because remember, they said, said the floodlights are catching my eye across here. So I'd maybe go across to one side, just rattle a ball for 20 yards to catch it. And I remember going right in the centre of the goals, maybe about 30 yards out. And I hit this a couple of strikes. And Henry said, my God, he said, that ball's moving quickly. And I said, do you know the funny thing about this, H? I said, I actually feel that when I'm hitting the ball, the ball feels a lot lighter. And it's strange because we had a big debate about it. I thought, what's, are these normal balls? Ah, they must be the normal balls, obviously. But I remember hitting two or three and catching it sweet and they were really they were really firing in. And we actually spoke about it before we walked up. So you better be careful. Maybe something to mention the manager that you'd, you'd think that the ball's a bit lighter so it might travel really quickly. And then you know yourself, that, that, is it the boy Augenthaler that hits one oh, feet 35, 40, whatever it was, just 50, over half 60, the 70, 80 oh, yards. And it just flew past H. Now, and that's one of the ones we all turned in the dugout and thought, we spoke about that too. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, you know what I mean? It was just a strange scenario. I wonder if they knew that the balls were lighter or, you know. Well, he, he was, he was he did that. That was that was his type of game. He, he, yeah. he would take shots from distance. Watching it back, 
I don't know if there's a slip in the middle of the park, but it's like they've not listened to what you were saying beforehand because they just got deeper and deeper. When he yeah, was coming yeah. forward, rather yeah. than going towards him and trying to close yeah. him down, yeah. they just thought, well, he's not going to score for there. And then well, that's right. That's right. That's right. But it was, it was something that we'd, we'd, we'd certainly mentioned, but you know, you're thinking, well, that, that's pretty unlikely to happen. However, there, there it happened. You know what I mean? It was such a, a strange uh, affair. But um, but there was, I mean, there was good things in that game. Lots of good things. We, we, we certainly kept going. We were, I mean, pretty close to getting a goal. I think JC was a pretty we oh. unlucky to get to get one late on. We certainly kept battling away. There wasn't a, you know, it was a really good attitude performance and and you know against the grain a wee bit. But uh, you know, something again that, that people remember because it was a, a you know such a huge club Bayern Munich and we weren't that far away from getting a wee upset. That was a good hearts team, Jimmy. I mean, you I know Robbo was on the bench that night, but if you put him in for, say, Kenny Black, you've got Smith, yeah. McLaren, McKinley, Levine and McPherson, Berry and Galloway, Mackay, Cahoon, Robbo and Eamon Bannon. Uh, that was a bloody good team. That's a good, that is a good squad. You're absolutely right. That is a good squad. There it is. The, you're absolutely right, Bingo. There's the first one. <laughs> I've waited for that, Jimmy. <laughs> you're absolutely right. right. You're absolutely right. But McLeish did well. Sanderson first to it. Oh, it's a great goal for Hearts. Jimmy Sanderson, look at that. How about that? It's quite interesting. We talk about obviously, you know, you've been you're frustrated. You you kind of signalled that a couple of years before the end of your time at Hearts that you knew that you'd have to look to move on. But talk about your last season because you look at your last season. It's the season you played the most. Yeah, it was. So 1990 yeah. to 91, you made 27 appearances and 26 yeah. of these were starts. So was there a thought that the season's actually like, this is actually my time now? Well, it, it came back into my head and, and went very quickly at my head because um, I'll tell you how it started. It's a strange one. The um, Joe Jordan had, had now become the manager and... Um, they were playing away. I'm saying they were playing away because I was I was I was nowhere near the first team again, and they were playing away in midweek to Bologna, and mm-hmm. um, I remember listening to it on the radio in my house, um, and they came back. That was a Wednesday night. I think they got beat quite heavily. If I remember right, three 0 four 0 three 0 the away game, yeah. Right, <clears throat> they came back on the Thursday, and I remember I remember Sandy Clark pulling me aside and saying to me, "You're playing on Saturday," and I'm saying. You have to be having a laugh. I've not, I've not been in the first team for about three weeks. He said, I had a chat with the manager on the plane coming back and he said, I've, I've convinced him to put you in a sweeper and we're playing Celtic at home on the Saturday. You know, not, nothing, no pressure at all, Jimmy. And he said, I've convinced him to put you in. He said, so didn't he let me do? I said, oh, Sandy, I'll try not to, but my goodness me, my wee back end was squeaking. And I don't know if you remember that, we, we, we did a bit of training, we do big Jodas on the training and then we named the team and I was playing and Again, capacity crowd, Tyne Castle, Celtic are, are, are coming along the road. And I think, if I remember, we managed to win 1-0, is that right? On the Saturday after the Bologna game. Um, and it was just, that was the start. And I can only put that down to Sandy Clark convincing the manager that we needed to, to, to go back to a sweeper system. I don't know what they played in Bologna that night because I was uh, probably in the half again, no, no looking at the team. <laughs> you did win 1-0 against Celtic. Um, there we go, and, 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 and I stayed. I stayed in this, this the, the team for a, a period after that, a good run. He kind of bought into the to what I, I don't know if it was maybe because Al McDonald played it and he didn't want to do it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
mean, he played three at the back. He, what I think he wanted the three big set of halves, Levine, McPherson, and, and McLaren, and that's absolutely fine. I don't think he wanted somebody to to kind of drop off like I did. Um, but you know, after Sandy kind of spoke to him and got that result against Celtic, he, he, he was kind of he was he was swung a wee bit to to do that. So I, that's how it all started, um, and, and I stayed in the team for a wee while thereafter which was good for me. And you're right, I played the most games that season and that was the season I eventually left. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and you should know that that season, uh, Hearts with Jimmy Sanderson and the team had a 44% win rate and without Jimmy Sanderson, 35% win rate. Oh, so they did better with you in the team than without. You should have been knocking well, that's, on the that's door that's nice to know, my friend. That's nice to know. If I'd you, weren't, you, weren't, <laughs> you weren't enough of a bastard by the sounds of things. I know, you're right, you're right. I mean, I... I you know, I never, yeah, I never took people a lot. Well, and I tell you what, you need to take Joe, Joe Jordan. On, that's for sure. Talk to me about fifteenth um, of September, nineteen ninety. Uh, one of the games you played in in that final season. Now we've spoken to a few people about this one. Uh, we had Sandy Clark on, and we we chatted to him about it actually as well. He was obviously manager at the at the time of this one. I think he was caretaker for yeah. the um, yeah. for the game at Easter Road. Now this is the yeah. infamous Wallace Mercer derby. This is of course when he's been yeah. talking about taking over it. Yeah. Taking over Hibs, a uh, lot of animosity in this game. Yeah. What do you remember of this game, being involved in it as a player? Well, I'll be honest, it was a horrible time. I mean, I'm an Edinburgh boy through and through, and it was a horrible time in Edinburgh because it was obviously, you know, the, 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 the Hibs casuals and the Hearts casuals and all sorts of casuals. I mean, it was a dreadful, dreadful time to be in the wrong place at the wrong time or or to be um, recognised somewhere and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, and, and that that didn't help, that didn't help it at all when, when Wallace tried to you know, buy out Hibs. But that game in itself was just, I mean, the atmosphere before it, days and Poisonous. days before it, was just electric. And quite scary at times, because, I mean, I think I think Wallace at that time was getting, you know, police protection and there was people... Oh, he was getting death threats. and everything. under his car and everything. So, you know, I, I remember on the bus going towards it and it was just, I mean, you talk about a hostile atmosphere. My goodness me, it was a horrible, horrible atmosphere. But we just went there and we did we did what we we just go through our procedures. I mean, Sandy Clark was was brilliant. I mean, he, I mean, he is brilliant. He's just he's just a, a great great guy. Um, wealth and knowledge sells you doing, tells you what to do, no nonsense. And he, and he, the good thing about certainly my relationship with Sandy Clark was it was he believed in me. Where where before I was saying to you, I wasn't convinced that Alan McDonald or, or Sandy Jarden were, were, were complete. Mm. believing in me but he did I knew that I knew it because he spoke to my number thing that's what I want you play that's what I want you do so we went there relatively quite confident I remember we were in the, the, the hotel across in um, South Queensferry we booked in there the night before and um, we were just relaxed and there was we're trying to get away from all the kind of pandemonium that's happening in the city centre because of this this takeover and, and the, 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 the big derby that's happening and I remember we just travelled across we, we, we picked up the atmosphere and then we, we just got on we knew exactly what to do. We knew that they, we knew that we had a hoodoo over there. We knew that they didn't like playing us. We knew that. Yeah. We knew that if we, if we just within the first 10, 15 minutes, if we could control the ball, we knew that they would they would I'm not saying crumble, but they would just go back and there'd, there'd be there'd be places where they, they, they couldn't get to us. They, they they could not mentally, mentally get to us over a number of years. And and we just knew that we would get to them. But that that first 45 minutes was one of the most hostile and electric atmospheres that I've ever played in. Um, just it was just unbelievable, and I'm really pleased that we were so dominant. And I mean, some of the goals, some of the movements, 
some of the things that happened, some of the goals were just electric. You know, the sad thing about it was, was half time came along. I think if we <laughs> if we hadn't blown for half time, I think we could have we could have racked about many more goals. Talk about half time. Yeah. yeah. Did the cops come in? Yes, I did. I did. did. Well, it, there's always that. I was. I remember walking back in, and 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 just everybody was high fiving each other, and thinking, "Oh, well, by the way, we're going to do them. We're just going to do them." And and you know, and I remember it was at the back of me, and I can't remember the exact words, but I remember he, he was he was worried about um, more goals and them coming on the park. They had obviously invaded the park, and you know, the, um, going across. You got to be very careful. Um, uh, you know, it's, well, listen. What, what do you watch today? I mean, we're, we're, we're going to go. We're going to we're going to try and score more goals. It wasn't a it wasn't a case of you can't score any more goals. Um, and if he did see that, I certainly didn't hear it because I was at the far end of the the the, the, the wee cubicle or the the, the change room when he when the police came in. But there was certainly it was two at the door over at Robbo's side. That the, when when you you know when they do the numbers, it was like one to, one to 13, 14 going left to right, and the door was was near the kind of the the, the, the substitutes and the, the strikers nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Was that it was up at that end? So I was I was up the far end, but but no, there was there was certainly a, a panic from the police um, if if we if we continued to play as well as we did and score more goals, it, it might have just absolutely blown completely out of all proportions. See, there's been a lot of talk about this and people saying, oh, the police have, have come in and, and said, and different people have had different recollections. Yeah. So thank you for that. That's added a little bit. Well, uh, what I want to know is why didn't they go into the Hibs restroom and say, look, stop being so shite. Try me for you, lads, at least. Exactly. Come on, you're 3-0 down. You want to have these idiots on the field. If you know any good, we'll start arresting you. That's what you say. Jimmy, it's funny you say, um, you know, you say Sandy Clark believed in you and you never quite felt that Alex McDonald did. But at the end of that season, you left to Airdrie to join Alex McDonald. That's right, I know. (laughs) Tell me about that then. (laughs) Well, it is is a strange one. And I'll tell you why. Um, Airdrie had come in for me the the previous season under Jimmy Bowen and, and I wasn't going. It was as simple as that. I, I didn't want to. I didn't ask for a transfer. I didn't want to leave. I did want to leave Hearts, but I didn't. I didn't. I wanted to rather than go um, sideways or, or down the way or backwards. I, you know, I, I wanted to. I wanted a decent move in my head, and with the greatest respect, I didn't see Edry, who were in the first division, as a good move for me. So I wasn't going to go, and that might be a bit strange because you've heard me throughout this this conversation saying that I was frustrated. I, I wanted to get away, but I'm not going to go to anybody with the greatest respect. So that, that didn't happen. And then, you know, as, as you were saying earlier, I've made my most appearances in that, that 89 um, season. At the end of it, the start in 91, um, we're up the Highlands and we're hearing that the manager wants to buy a striker, the, the famous Ian Baird. He's desperate to get the striker who's pretty similar to his, his way of striking or the way he would, he would play the game. And we knew there was no money on the table. There was no money at the club, you know, for, for that type of play. I think it was 350 grand, 400 grand. I mean, the manager, by all accounts, was on a few quid. So there wasn't a lot of money. And he was told that we'd be there. He was told that if you want Ian Baird, you have to get people off, off the wage bill or, or sell. And at that time, there was two offers on the table. And one was for Wee Crabbo, and the United were quarter of a million for him. Mm-hmm. And my old manager came in for me and wanted me to go to Airdrie, who were now in the Premier League. At 100 grand so there was a, there was the two offers so myself I went in first he pulled me in and he, he, in his office uh, sorry in his it was his hotel room up in I think I'm going to say Rothes or whatever but name can't remember but way up north and he sat me down and said listen there's an offer on the table there's two offers on the table 
he said, Yo, I mean, I mean Crabble was at the back of me, obviously outside the room. He said, I'm going to speak to Scott after you. He said, um, I, I'm, I'm wanting the two years to leave the club. He says, I need the money to buy a striker. I says, all right, okay. He says, um, and I said, I said, well, I've just, and I just signed an 18-month deal. Uh, I says, okay. I says, you'll know I've just signed an 18-month deal. He says, I, he says, but I, I used to, I need to, to go. I need Ian Bairdon, simple as that. And it, it was that brutal. And in, in fact, his last words were to me, he said, I'll make it easy for you, Jimmy. He says, as long as I'm manager here, he says, you won't wear the Maroon shirt again. I said, fine. <laughs> that, that's no problem. If that's the way you're going to go, that's no problem. And I, and I walked out and that was it. That was as simple as that. I knew I was out the door. Cabell then walked in and got roughly the same story. And he came out and he was he was absolutely in tears. Now, I'm a wee bit older than Cabell, a couple of years, but um, I was close to tears. And, and But Cabell was just absolutely guided, completely guided. Because he was a hearts man through and through, 10 times more than, than I ever was. And he never wanted to leave the club. But again, was I would say I would use the word forced, forced to leave because the manager wanted to um, supplement his striker with this 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 Ian Beard. So that was the, that was why that I left. And then again, I spoke to Sandy Clark. Phoned me. This was this, this we came back on the Thursday night, and on the Friday night, Sandy Clark phoned me, and Sandy was taking the 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 third team up back up to Nairn for a Rothes, sorry, for a tournament, and he phoned me up in my flat and said, do you know you're coming with me tomorrow morning? I said, you're kidding me. He says, no, he says, he spoke to you. I says, yeah, I remember a conversation. He told me, I told him, I said, Sandy, told me I would never wear a heart strap again. He said, he told me the same thing. He says, he says he's now, he's wanting you to come with me. He says, I said, well, what, what, what would you do in my, that, my situation, Sandy? He said, give me your best advice. He said, he's going to make it difficult for you. He said, if you want to, if you want to continue the 18 months, he said he's going to make it extremely difficult for you. The two years. He said, you'll, you'll be you'll be training all over the place. He says, you'll not be with anybody first team. And he said, he said, I know that the, the gaffer, we doddy, Alan McDonald, is in for you. He said, he said, take the gamble. Take the gamble. He said, go and play there. He says, you know you, you've got a bit of respect through there. He says, but it's your choice. So I took 24 hours to think about it. And then I thought, you know. This is my chance. I've moaned about it. I, I, I've got an opportunity to go somewhere else. They're in a better shape now. Andrew. They've got a newer manager. They're, they're now no a first division club. They're a premiership club. Um, I spoke to all my family. Spoke to them. Spoke to Crabble. Spoke to everybody. We Robbo. Spoke to all the boys. What you know? What will I do? What have you heard? I will I hang it out? Will I dig my heels in? Or will I go and take the gamble? And the majority of them said, "Go and take the gamble." The gaffer will look after you. He'll no mess you about as he did the first time. And that was the conversation. Wow. So we're on to Airdrie. And we're on to questions from our listeners. And Laurie said, I've got to ask this one. And he's been a bit of a dick, but I'll ask it anyway. Was it, hand, <laughs> was it handball, Airdrie against Unfermland? Oh, it is. Seriously. Seriously. I've actually just stopped my counselling this the last couple of months. Um, was it, honestly, so there's two horrible decisions that you probably know, but that, that was just horrific. Because I tell you, at, at that moment, we were on an unbelievable run, a, a knocking people out and just solidifying myself and doing well. It was games at Tynecastle as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was at Tynecastle. Mm-hmm. And I knew myself. I mean, I knew myself. I was, I was a 100% it never hit my hand and I'm outside the box. I know that. And I, and, and I remember it vividly because it was Andy Rhodes, who's the family goalkeeper, who eventually comes mm-hmm. to the Yep. And I remember speaking to him about it and, and spoke to everybody about it. And, and, I mean, nobody. I don't know how Davy Syme seen 
or, or thought it was a handball. And, and we were suspicious. I mean, our manager, McDonald, David Sign, my goodness me, they absolutely detested each other. And we were pretty suspicious that he, in his head, has thought, you know, if I get a moment, if I get an opportunity, then I might just do something to, to get back at we Alec McDonald. And, and we were convinced that he did because, I mean, it's just, a, it's the biggest, I mean, I actually remember walking up to him or running up to him and showing, showing him the ball print on my, my, my diamond shirt, my white shirt. That's that's what the boss hit me and showing him it. And, and he's just waving his hands. No, it's a penalty. I said, I wasn't even in the books, your client. <laughs> so, listen, you know, it was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But we then, we then you know, I mean, I'm, I've got photographs that, I, you know, I'm, we're in a huddle after the match because we go into extra time and I'm absolutely distraught. I'm distraught because I'm thinking, I, I, I can't even. Gaza style, Gaza style. Oh, right. aye, I can't even, I can't even believe, I actually can't even, I'm going to wake up in my bed and think this has been a bad dream. I can't even believe he's actually given that. It's just so wrong. It's untrue. And then we didn't, we, we, and I feel it was all my fault. I, I felt I took the energy, the rest of the guys. We didn't do well in the, the, the extra time. We go to a penalty shoot, and I'm thinking, oh, I can see where this is going. I mean, I can just see where this is going. And it did. We lost the penalty shoot. And you know, everybody spoke since then. I've spoke to Jeebsy. I've spoke to a couple of Hibs players. If we'd got into that cup final, I tell you what, we're meeting Hibs in the cup final. I mm-hmm. tell you what, they were not winning that. They were not winning that cup. I guarantee they weren't. Because similar to what Hearts did, with a wee hoodoo over Hearts and Hibs for a number of years, and Hibs just could not beat us. Could not beat us. And it's sad. It was a National Cup final. And you know, it would have been great because I'd taken a gamble to leave Hearts. I'd went back to my old manager who kind of messed me about for about eight years. Mm -hmm. And and it's all gone so well. Apart from that, that one moment that I thought, my, you know, the, the... my world had crumbled, absolutely crumbled. It's, it's, it's not like you missed out on a an, another final by <laughs> way of a, a dodgy decision in the semi Let's not go to that one as well. Let's, oh, let's, okay. I'll cheer That's, you up, I'll cheer you up. Oh, I know. Steve yeah, Lennon and Stuart yeah. Craig both messaged something. So Steve uh, said, the celebration with Crabbo and the 2-2 drop, Tawdry, whose idea was it? And were you happy with the execution? Lovely finish, by the way. Well, it was a lovely fight. And again, that, that was a strange one because, uh, again, we're up at Petodre. I am nowhere near the first team. I'm 17th man again. I'm sitting in my room on my own watching the telly. The door goes. Alan McDonald, <laughs> chat my door. This is half 12 in the Saturday morning. He says, you all right? I says, I'm fine, gaffer. And I'm thinking, what have I done now? And he says, I'm going to start your day. So I'm dropping Gary McKay. He says, did he tell Gary McKay? I says, please, please, can I? Because I'd love to, but anyway. I says, all right, mate, and he started me, and, and he did he did that a number of things, just out the complete blue, threw, threw me right into it, right into it. And I remember it well, you know, it was a, a game, I think, at Bidley Park. Okay, this is good, this is good, no pressure to be in the back. You always worry about being a defender in case you make a mistake. I think if I make a couple of mistakes, I've got Levine and McPherson at the back, I mean, that's absolutely fine. Um, we can, they can repair my damage. And I'm in the middle of the park, and... The game starts well, it's going all right, and I'm doing my wee bit, and I'm, I'm keeping the shape, and I'm getting the thumbs up, and everything's well. And I remember the ball going in, Frank, it was Tosh, knocks the ball at the, 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 the edge of the penalty box, and Alec McLeish kind of knocks it down, and it's about 15, 20 yards ahead of me, and I'm thinking, I could maybe just run out of that, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe I could. And for a wee split second, as I'm, as I'm going to it, I can see Alec McLeish coming to me, and I'm thinking, well, if I can just get there quick enough, I'm just going to strike it, and it'll probably blast off and we'll go for a corner, and that'll be good, I'll get a thumbs up and a thumbs up. And I catch this thing, and it's not like me because I, 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 you know, I, I take a number of by kicks over my career. And I can strike it, <laughs> but I know I finish her. I didn't even practice on finishing, but I've just been lucky enough to catch this thing sweet. 
and it's just it's just flew in. And I tell you what, but previous to that, we'd been at Robo. Me and Crabble have been at Robo a number of times for all the goals he scores. He's got a, he's got the worst celebrations in the world. And we said you need to get a, some kind of boogie, some kind of boogie going. Boogie. Along. And he says, well, what kind of boogie do you? Boogie. Says, well, boogie. You watch. Aye. Do you watch the, the the NFL? You know the American football. He says, aye. He says, well, watch watch how they do an end zone boogie when it, when it, when. It, <laughs> I said, so what's that, you know, but she's trying to get some kind of moves. I said, because the punters will love you doing something like, you know, pulling the guns out the holster or something like that, or something, you know what I mean? And, and oh, it's just, I mean, for all the goals he scored and the terrific player, his movements for like dancing and jumping about were horrific. So me and Crabble got him in the boot room and we showed him, he said, watch this, this is what the, the, the Chicago Bears do when they, they, they touched you. So me and Crabble done it. Bump, 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 hat bump, chest, high five, and there you go. You try it. So we Robbo tried it. We thought, oh, what a state. I mean, he just it was, it was awkward. So we thought, oh, seriously, man, you've got to get something going. So we forgot about it. And then up comes me getting in the, in the team, running up hitting the ball first time. Who comes to me first is, is Crabbo. And we look at each other. And I, I look to my right and we Robbo's coming up and I'm thinking, oh, let's do it. Let's not wait for him. Let's do it. So me and him just burst into it. And it, it, when if you watch it, you'll see me Robbo standing watching it. <laughs> wait till we finish. And then I thought, oh no, we've done it now. That's it. But it, it was great. I mean, I always think people score goals. You should celebrate. They should, it's the best part of the game, is it not? I would, I would imagine so. I mean, I, I don't really know. I never played football at any sort of level, but I mean, I, I guess we almost scored a lot of goals though. When you only score three goals, you can. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, 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 I want to throw a weekend party. I didn't score goals, so if it's a at the end, of it, that's allowed. Jimmy, what, what? Um, I'm going to send to Laurie right now, and Laurie can put this on social media when we, uh, when we publicise this episode. So in St Gallen recently, we were out on the pitch before the game. So Joel Sked, one of his pals, and me, the cameraman decided to do a phoenix from the flames and recreate not only your goal, but also the celebrations. So Joel Sked and Boy With Beard, who, apologies, I've forgotten his name, because we I've were sent pissed. To, I've, I've sent it to Jimmy just now. So right, so you, 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 you can have a look at this. But the good thing is as well, Joel is wearing the strip, the Thorn Security Bukta candy away strip, that uh-huh. I think you guys wore. So he is Jimmy Sanderson. He's he's kind of slightly receding. I'm not having anything to do with hair conversation here because I've not got enough, right? So it looks uh-huh. like him. What do you think? Yeah. I've just watched it now. It is, it is absolutely dreadful. Dreadful. Seriously, dreadful. <laughs> they, they nearly banged their head together. Dreadful. No, it's something like that. I mean, it's... Aye. It, it, it was, a, it was a, a circle of the hands at the top. There was a, a bit of a wee boogie. Then there was a, a, a big high five. Oh, aye. Me and Crabble did it for a number of, a number of times uh, at Timecast just to make sure we got it right because once you do it, um, you make a bit of, you know, you're, you're up there to get shot down and a lot of people are, you know, one of the worst embarrassing um, boogies I've ever seen. Oh, no, it's a great boogie. It's a, it's a terrific boogie. But no, that was that's a dreadful effort. That was a dreadful effort. <laughs> I've, set, I've sent you part two. So while you two are, are looking at this, let's have another question from Mark Wells. Uh, apart from not fully appreciating your homemade sandwiches during lockdown games, what's the most <laughs> annoying thing about Laurie Dunsire on a match day? And if you could, describe him as a sandwich. Um... <laughs> uh, Laurie's, Laurie, I mean, I, I love Laurie. Laurie's brilliant. However, um, there's a number of times that Laurie, Laurie screams. Laurie's a screamer. 
Oh dear. Oh yeah, lorries are screaming. I remember one time at Easter Road where um, there was a goal, obviously, and it just went absolutely ballistic. And I, I, I was lucky enough to recognise three or four people, four or five rows down for us. And, and as soon as Laurie started to scream, they, they turned and looked and started to point. I'm thinking, well, now they, now they know who's screaming. Two, they've recognised me. And three, I think we're going to get lynched. It was, it's just, it, I'm, not, I'm not too sure he knows the volume of his screeching. <laughs> um, uh, well, actually, you know, we were just talking about celebrating. Someone who knew how to celebrate was Ryan McGowan, who um, has, has just joined us finally. Good evening, how are we? Oh, he's back! He's back! How are we? How is everybody? Miss me? Well, so you've taken out two Hearts players who are pretty much out for either the season or two months, and you want to be part <laughs> of the podcast. You bastard! Uh, I did speak with um, with most of the injured boys afterwards, so... Fingers crossed it's not as bad as to be expected. Or I think um, well, when I spoke with uh, Liam Boyce after the game, he was pretty confident that it was his um, ACL, which I think, unfortunately, it is. Yeah. So that's never nice, nice one to see. But um, the, big, the big question now is uh, we've got uh, a world-class midfielder on the show in, in Jimmy Sanderson. I'm joined <laughs> by another, another midfielder now, Ryan McGowan. What is, what is this? Uh, I was more. I think I was more surprised than anyone else when the, the gaffer said at halftime, uh, Gauzer just move into midfield and, and sit in front of the back three. But yeah, it was all right. It was just obviously we had um, Halberg go off with concussion, and then um, Daniel Phillips was on a yellow, and we're a little bit low in that department. So yeah, I didn't mind it. Just got to run around, kick Cammy a couple of times, which was good, and um, <laughs> try and make a nuisance of myself. Jimmy, how right. did he do? As a, from one midfielder to another, how did how did McGowan do in, in the in the heartland of the pitch? I thought he was very good. I thought he was. Um, yep, he kept a really good shape, and yep, he, he thumped a few Hearts players. I tell you what, guys, I don't know if you remember it. Was there no a wee opportunity just on the edge of the box? Oh, don't oh, tell me that. Oh, oh, you you oh. could have had a wee half volley or just put the lace. Oh. Yeah, I did think about it. I did think just, about it. It was a great yeah. little, a great little touch over it. It, it was. Just just a right. the, uh, no man's yeah. land. But I thought, oh, he could have put his laces to that. And that, that would have been that. I wonder how he would have celebrated that. Oh, that. By the way, that's just what we've been talking about, Ryan. Is Jimmy's celebrations with Crabble at um, at Pitodri when he scored that day? Do not tell me you didn't have anything planned. If you had scored. Would you have done a Sanderson crab celebration or would you have just kind of gone back to the halfway line and just acted calm? I'm not celebrating against my old team. What had you got planned if you'd scored? See, this is like I always have things planned. And then if I do score, I get so excited. (laughs) It all goes out the window. I think anyone listening or has seen me play would understand that. I don't know. I think if like that, if I flicked it over his head and volleyed it and went in, I would have... I would have run over to the, obviously the St. Johnson fans. It would have put us three to up, which would have been a massive result. But at the same time, I don't think I would have, you know, overly engaged in the, and, and you know, put anyone off because I, I do have massive respect for, for the club. But at the same right time, in you know, face. Uh, yeah, I would have been uh, straight after the game. I would have been all over him. But um, yeah, I, I, the thing is, Hearts fans will like me when I was playing or enjoyed me because of how I played. And, and I've tried to play that everywhere that I went. So I, I would be changing myself if I, th- I didn't 
play any differently just because it's hearts and, and the connection I have. So, um, yeah, I probably would have celebrated, probably not a Scottish Cup final celebration, getting a little bit older, can't jump as high, but it would have been a, um, <laughs> yeah, if I volleyed one in after flicking it over someone's head from outside the box, it would have got a little bit of a celebration to, to go with it. But it would have been, um, yeah, it would have been a great result for us and, and one that we're pretty disappointed into, you know, as an away team to score two goals at Tynecastle and concede sort of three soft ones was was really disappointing from our point of view. Guys, is that is that is that a position you might find yourself playing as the years go on? Just just the the, the, the deeper midfielder? Um, I'm not too sure. I'm not. Too, I hadn't <laughs> thought about it. The years go on. What <laughs> anymore? <laughs> we're running out. We're running out of years. <laughs> we're running out of years. <laughs> no, you know, um, you know what I mean. Just you know. No. Yeah. You know, well, I hadn't, the, I hadn't the, thought about the, it until you went back up and down the yeah, channel. Just yeah, so I hadn't really thought about that until until three fifty on Saturday, on Sunday yeah. afternoon. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that position. Until, um, but yeah, it, I think sometimes it helps. You know, obviously, I, I am getting older, a bit more experienced. I, I felt yeah. like I knew where the ball was possibly going to land, and absolutely, you know, I, and you can tell. You know, when the game's going on, I might need to shuffle across here. Um, yeah. What was difficult was the way that Hearts play with the sort of how the rotations and that is you probably don't recognise it, you know, as a fan. I've been to a couple of games doing, um, you know, punditry and, and been to a couple of games as a fan. You don't actually realise how slick and how quick their movement is into getting into those different positions. Uh-huh. And they move very fluidly between, you know, Mackay drifts out wide, but then Shanklin will go short and Forrest runs in behind, you know, the last 30 minutes that, it's a really good sort of way that they um, way that they play and way that they move, and they've obviously done that for a long time. So um, that was probably the biggest thing that I noticed actually being on the pitch was yeah. you know how sort of fluid they were in their movement. Very rarely did they all get caught on one side, and um, yeah, it was it was a difficult game. But I also thought that you know we gave them a bit of a scare, and, and on another day could have possibly snuck a draw. Right. So I'm going to have to with. Because Ryan decided to join us, which we're very grateful for. We appreciate him coming on. But we've kind of jumping. We do need. We're, we will talk about this in John's game a little bit. Ryan's covered a few things. We'll get to. But we're chatting to Jimmy, and I had to. So I've got another question. I'll maybe quickly go to before we move on. Now this is from um, my other half, Gail, who um, you might remember. Ryan, does she it's, fancy them both now? Yeah. She actually. <laughs> She actually asked Ryan if Ryan could ask the question, but I thought it'd be easier if I asked it than trying to explain to Ryan, first of all, at this point. But Jimmy might remember um, we were out before for a few drinks and Gail was there, rather half. And so you told this story. Now, you might you might be guessing which one she asked me to ask about. I don't know if you will. Um, now, this is when I think you were asked to come back and play in your older years and... Um, Styles had changed, but not hairstyles. Not on your head, anyway. You know where I'm going with this? No. No? No. No, not at all. So. Might do. I might do. You told us a story about coming back into a dressing room. Oh, it's Dan O'Spear. Yes. 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 Things were a little bit different. Yes. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Um, Do you want me to to just go for it? Yeah, go for it. Go for (laughs) it. I think you should. Well, what had happened is, is obviously, I'm now retired. Adrian went into liquidation. Uh, I've not got a job. Um, so I get a phone call from old um, chairman, George Pete, 
who's at Stenhouse Muir now, says, are you fit? I says, no. Are you wanting to play? I says, no. Um, well, we need you to play. Okay, what is it? What's the problem? And seemingly Stenhouse Muir had a, a bit of a poor run and blah, blah, blah. They wanted an older head just to go and play at the back. And I thought, well, okay, I've got the older head, but I, I think my legs are gone. But anyway, so I get myself along to Stenhouse Muir and I get myself kind of training with them. And, and then I notice, as, as you do, I mean, everybody's younger than me. I'm, I'm, I'm now 37, 38, 36. You know, I'm well into it. And there's only other, one other guy, Des McEwen. He's maybe in his early 30s. And the rest of them are 19, 20, if that, 21. And you can imagine we're training and we go into the shower room and you look about and the first thing you get, you get pointed at, oh, what about you two old guys? What are you talking about, young youngsters? What are you talking about? <laughs> You're, you're a wee bit, you're a wee bit hairy down there. I said, what, what are you talking about? So I have a wee sketch room. Know that I do that regularly, but I have a wee sketch room. And every single one of them, every single one of the ball bags is shaved. Every single one <laughs> shaved. And it's only me and Des McEwen. And I'm thinking, oh, this is a wee bit awkward. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we get shivered up. So I, I put my kit on later on that night. I'm saying to Des, I says, by the way, Des, I says, I'm going to have the conversation with the wife tonight about shaving it off. I don't know about you, but I'm going to have a wee word there. So that, that, the following day, we're back in training and I've, I've, I've done it. I've, I've went for it. So I'm all right. But Daisy's a wee bit reluctant because Mrs. Daisy's not happy about it. So, <laughs> but I, so I didn't care if that's now happening. Ryan, can you tell me is this happening? The modern You've just been room. holding on to that for the, until I came on. <laughs> yes, um, basically. Yeah, well, yeah, times have changed. There's not too many um, down below afros. About <laughs> not too many, or, or natural. <laughs> I mean, this was, this was what, what year was this? This was, I'm, I'm going to say 2001. 2001, I think it was. So that, yeah, was when... that was acceptable then, or, or maybe no, as the kids were telling me. But you think nowadays they'll be all trimmed and they'll, all, they'll, they'll be proper, proper men. Yeah. That's <laughs> not a question I was expecting silence. when I came on. Was not there was not something I thought maybe when I come on this podcast what are they going to ask me and it wasn't about <laughs> the male grooming of the St Johnston changing rooms. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the this generation is um, yeah a, a little bit more on the what they look like so it's more of a clean garden. Not a forest. That's very okay. can, can we move? Can we move this on? Let, let's get back to to kind of Disney behaviour. Jimmy, how long was Justin Fashion <laughs> in the shower? Oh Christ, no! It was very. It was. It was always long. No, no, no. no. <laughs> let's let no pubes. Pubes are fine. That's that's where we draw the line. I'm, I'm saying, how long did he take? Yeah. Time wise, with <clears> slow. Right. You started this, Dunsai. You and your missus. Well, Come on, well, actually, son. she started it. She started it. So oh, I'm not going to take the blame so for it. The Prosecco but, pals. Are we going back there? No, nice. no, 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 no. Let's let's keep it. We've got we've got to speak about this and Johnson him a little bit. So, um, yeah. Well, that was a good end to the the career. Then Jimmy, you got to get up to speed with the styles. <laughs> I know. I know. It was, take uh, a bit of weight off. Lost a bit of weight there, didn't you? I don't. I mean, that, that was. It, it was. It was understanding there. I mean, but then I'd say to you, I'd, I'd retired. I was me finished. I came back and played another two and a half to three years at Stenhouse Muir. And, you know, I'm, I'm well into my 30s now. And I'm, I'm doing a pre-season training with, with guys that are 18, 19 year old. And I mean, they're blowing me out the water. I mean, just, I mean, we, we, would, we would still go back down to, John McVeigh was a manager. We're still going back, back down to the Gullard beaches and, and running up doing the dunes there and 
my goodness me. That, that was when I, I, I knew that my, you talk about your legs going and your body going. My body was absolutely nowhere near where it, where it should be. So, it, you know, after a couple of years at Stennis Beer, courtesy from George Pete or for George Pete, um, I, I, you know, I, I just, that was me finished. I hung up. And lucky enough, um, they offered me a, a coaching job with under-18s, which, I, which I, I took for a year, which was nice. So it was a kind of slow progress, slow process, he, he kind of, you know, ending my career and, and hanging the boots up, and, and, and that was enough. Right, so Ryan has joined us. He's not in a huff, despite that um, loss at the weekend, despite losing Kai Rolls for one of the goals. And, um, and boys for the other. Boys for the other. I don't, I don't know if we'll blame him for that one, but we'll find out. Um, but, of course, it was Heart of Midlothian against Ryan McGowan's uh, St. Johnson team. The Ryan McGowan derby, as I called it. Um, and a Hearts team that made six changes from the side that faced Zurich in the Europa uh, Europa League playoff. Okay, Kingsley, Cochrane, Grant, Forrest, Mackay, Shankland, all out of the 11. Um, so it was a 3-4-2-1. Gordon and goals, Michael Smith, Nielsen and Kai Rolls at the back. Atkinson, right, Halliday, left. Haring, Devlin in the middle. Janelli, Boyce um, and Gary Mackay, Stephen, the three with... Boyce and Ginelli kind of alternating as the, the player to take the lead. Now, I guess first up, from your perspective, Ryan, you're in the opposition. You must have been looking at that from a St. Johnson perspective and thinking this could give us a little opportunity here. A Hearts team that are much changed, got a few suspensions, a few injuries, and they've rotated a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. We thought if we could catch them cold, for a better use of the term, and um, if we started well, we felt that the crowd could like we've always said, if the opposing team starts well, it can get the crowd onto you know, the back of the Hearts players and make that difficult for them to play. And um, yeah, with the, with the amount of changes, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't because you know Hearts have a lot of big games coming up, so it is an opportunity for those players that are coming in to stake a claim to then you know play in the, the bigger games coming up in Europe. Um, but from our point of view, we were sort of we're ready. Hearts play a very similar style. And it's just really a personnel that changes it. It didn't mean that, you know, because they'd made six changes, they were going to play 4-4-2. We kind of roughly knew the formation that they would play. So we were pretty well prepared for that. And, um, yeah, I thought that we, we started well. Um, obviously, the goal helps it, to settle us down. And then what sometimes happens is, obviously, with, with Halberg going off and the sort of a long break, that can sometimes help you or, or hinder you. And, and looking back, it kind of hindered us a little bit because we had to make a couple of changes ourselves um, and we probably didn't get onto grips quick enough, you know, with the, the changes that we made. And, um, you know, if you give opportunities to the players that Hearts have, that they do go on and create chances. But like I said earlier, you know, from our point of view, we're pretty disappointed with the with the goals that we conceded, considering that we, we've went to Tyne Castle and scored two and came away with nothing. I mean, from a Hearts perspective, Jimmy, they'll be disappointed themselves about how they conceded the opener. Craig Gordon takes a lot of the blame for his clearance, but he's one of the players in the Hearts team that I think you have to say that you, you probably let him off for that, given how many times he's saved us. I think he's allowed another couple of mistakes, to be honest with you. Uh, you're absolutely right. Some of his, his saves have been jaw-dropping, absolutely jaw-dropping. And I've no doubt that where we finished last year has, has, has got a lot to do with, with the goalkeeper. No, no question about it. He's kept us in games. 
And he's been, and he's a wee bit unfortunate. We, we know his kicking's not the best. We, we, we get that, especially on his right foot. It's his weaker side. He's, ne- he's never got enough loft in it. But I tell you what, it was a first class, first touch and Great finish, finish. Right to the left peg. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful finish. It was a good finish. And even, again, you say that he, he makes a great save. I didn't realise how good the save was until I seen the highlights from, from Ali Crawford. Crawford. Yeah, in the yeah. second half. Because it looks like it's just going to beat him. and he for, He's already diving and he can just extend that you know top hand up again. And, um, you know, at that time, I think it was 2-2. So, you know, he's, that is a great save. He saves one from Kerry when he cuts in from the right with his left foot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, even in that game, he, he's probably... You know, got himself enough credit again to, although yeah. he, you know, he was at fault for the first goal, then he's he's made some good saves at the second half. And um, even the third one, it's a great kick out from him um, that releases sort of um, Barry Mackay down the uh, right hand side, you guys left um, to, you know, which eventually leads to the penalty. It'll be interesting to see if, if, um, if anything happens in the future where he's on that right hand side of Tyne Castle, it's on his right foot. I wonder if he'll if he'll lift the ball into the middle of the park or will he just put it straight out for a corner? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, wonder, yeah. wonder if people go through that moment to say, right, that'll never happen again. I'm just going to put it right in the stand. And if you want to boo me, then boo me. But you know, or or as Craig Gordon to take the goalkeeper to say, right, hang on a minute, I'm going to work on that all week. I'll be much, much better on my right hand side. I'd imagine he probably would want yeah. to. Um yeah. Hart's got level 25th minute, McGarry McKay, Stephen Corner from the left, Kai Rose, uh Rose. To nod it in. Um, who was marking him, Ryan McGowan? Yeah, it's a little tricky one. So if you see on the highlights, I think it's him and Mitchell Peter initially. Harry. Uh, yeah, but there's like two and then two of us. Um, and we kind of had what I thought I would take the first runner and um, Mitchell would take the second one. And we got a little bit of a mix up and Big Kai got the run on me. And yeah, it probably goes down as my man slash we could have defended it better but I also sometimes think the delivery is that good that if the run's good it, it is hard to defend and um, yeah all credit to him it's a, it a good header but from my point of view it was disappointing because it's a, another set piece we've already conceded a couple of set pieces throughout the season so that's something that we're going to have to work on um, you know moving forward if we wanted to, to stop conceding soft goals and a really unlucky injury I think Mark um on the back of it, I know it's kind of almost a collision with Ryan McGowan as he hits the ground, but it seems pretty innocuous at first when you're watching in real time. He gets back up and tries to run it off. We've heard yeah. now that it's going to be a couple of months probably. He'll be out, maybe a little bit less, best case scenario, but it's just one of these really unfortunate ones. Yeah, and he'd really settled into to the team and was becoming a mainstay. Um, and I don't think we've we've had everybody available at the same time with Kai Rolls in the form that he's been in because Halkett's been out, sometimes Kingsley's been out. If we have everybody, it'd be interesting to see what the manager would do. But I just want to ask Ryan, going up against someone like Kai Rolls, what did you think of, of his performance as a centre-back yourself um, against one of your peers? What did you like about him and the way that, that, that he plays going forward from a Hearts perspective, how important could he be over the next couple of years for the football club? Yeah, I think he's I think he's handled everything really well. You know, he's one of those players that the biggest compliment you can get is that whatever level he goes to or whatever level he plays at, he never looks out of that depth. 
So, mm. you know, it was a big jump coming from Central Coast over to, to Hearts and everyone would, was interested to see how he would settle. And, it, you know, even from the first sort of four or five games, it looked like he'd been at Hearts for a, a long, long time. Then it's the step up into Europe. I think he was probably one of the better performers over the two legs against Zurich, um, which is, a, again, a step up from what he's played. Taking it away from club level with the national team, He's not put a foot wrong and, you know, for a defender, sometimes doing the basics right is sometimes the hardest thing to do. You know, he does, he's not the, the flashiest player. He doesn't do anything, but he just does exactly what you want from your centre-back. He clears it when it needs to be cleared. He'll take it down when he's got time. He'll find a pass if it's on. Um, and, yeah, as a, a fellow centre-back and as a fellow Aussie, I think he's one that's, you know, really going to kick on in the next, you know, year two, three, four, and, and go on to have an, an unbelievable career. It's everything that I've seen from him since he's arrived has been um, really, really good. One of your things in Australia is sledging. It's pretty prominent in cricket. But what about in football? Does Devlin give it out on the pitch? Because he looks like he's a wee shite to play against. What was he like at the weekend? Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. He, I've known him for a long time and played against him in, in Australia a lot, so... I don't mind. I don't mind it. Um, you know, he, he gives as much as he gets. Does he Sometimes call you dad? He, uh, yeah, or big daddy. <laughs> 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 nah, yeah, he's all right. He's just um, he was he was super excited at the start of the second half when he knew that I'd moved into <laughs> midfield. So, um, but yeah, he's another one that's you know he's done really well and. I think sometimes that can get him going, you know, getting involved in a little bit of things. You know, different players have different little um, sort of mind games almost that can, can get him going. He likes to be involved. He likes to, you know, getting in and around players, um, just being annoying in the ref's ears constantly. And um, I think that, you know, sort of eggs him on and keeps him going. But, um, yeah, you know, he was one that in the second half I could quieten him down a little bit because he knew that he couldn't get away with as much. <laughs> now that I was in the middle of the pitch. But, um, yeah, again, he's he started really well um, in the start of the season. I thought the first half uh, in the home leg against Zurich, he was outstanding. And, yeah. um, you know, he'll be a big player for Hearts moving forward because, you know, he, he's. I could tell that some fans were getting annoyed because he maybe goes side to side or he, he doesn't always, you know, play that killer pass or play that. But that's not his role in the Hearts team. You know, his team is to win the ball back and keep it moving and move it from side to side. You. You've got players at Hearts that can find that pass and that can move that, but sometimes you just need that one to to win the ball back quickly or to be in the right position or to make a foul. And yeah, he, he balances off that midfield pretty well. Phil Johnson in the Edinburgh Evening News, I quite like this. He says, um, what you might have missed when Cammy Devlin cleverly brought a foul from former Hearts defender Ryan McGowan by getting his body in the right place to invite contact and then go down. The Saints man fell on top of him. McGowan proceeded to use his hand to pr press his compatriot's face into the grass, prompting howls of protest from the Jambos fans. After releasing his grip, McGowan then put both arms around Devlin's chest, hauled him to his feet, but the Hearts midfielder walked away without flinching or reacting. Perhaps it was Aussie rough and tumble banter between the pair of them. Yeah, oh, he kicked fun. me a few times as well. Yeah, he got me a couple of times. I got him, but yeah, it was interesting though because I, I did feel that when I you know, rubbed his head a little bit and, and got in about him, I felt like the Hearts fans got a little bit excited and then it was almost the realisation that it was me and it was Cammy and everyone kind of clicked on that it was uh, oh, just, just the a rascals. little bit of fun. And <laughs> it was just, a, yeah, just two players trying to win for, the, for both of the teams and um, yeah, 
like I said, he wanted to win for Hearts. I wanted to win for St. Johnson. It was a, a pretty good battle in the second half. I enjoyed Jimmy, it. Is, is that what your reaction was like when you were back with Airdrie? All just, oh, he's okay, he's Jimmy, or did you get a bit more stick? In terms of what, Lloyd? The Hearts fans. Well, well, the funny thing about it, I was... <sighs> No, it was fine. There was a couple of things when I was doing the bottom of the shed where you got we kind of mumbling, you were rubbish. And that, that was my mum and dad in the, in the shed just shouting at me. <laughs> um, I, I, was, I was okay. There wasn't, there wasn't too much kind of grief. Um, I didn't get that much. Did they remember that you played for Hearts? Well, I say they couldn't remember it. I, know that, I think there's always, I wonder if guys have got some, there's always somebody in the team that, that, that gets a bit of flack and it wasn't me. Um, we had another day, maybe maybe Mark will remember this, Kenny Black was the one that used to get yep. the tellers. And yep. and Blackie was a, I thought he was a really good player. Blackie actually come to Airdrie after his time um, doing, doing South at Bradford, I think. And he he just he just seemed to attract um, opposition supporters who would just slaughter him. And, and I, I, I was very fortunate. I didn't get an awful lot, to be honest with you. But I just, I mean, is there somebody, guys, is there somebody in, in the St. Johnston team that just takes a bit more flat than the rest of them? Probably been me so far because we played Hibs. Is it? Um, oh, 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 oh. So that didn't get a great reception. And, and then I, I did feel that even when we were warming up in, in the first half when I was taking a few throw-ins and uh, I said to the boys earlier, it always fascinates me when I'm taking a throw-in and I take a couple of yards, how angry people get at it. They do. It's, they it's do. like, it, and it, I, I honestly love it. And I do it every single game. I tell everybody I'm going to steal a couple of yards and people just lose their brains. They're just like, where's he going? There's a way back here. Like, I'm maybe taking a meter in my own half and everyone just, so yeah, there was a few of stop that gowser, get back. Um, yeah. It's all, it's all well and good, but um, yeah, there's always seems to be somebody that gets a little bit of stick. Like, uh, yeah, that really rolls up the opposition fans it will sometimes just depend on the game you know like bad tackle or somebody does something but um overall we we tend to um so like little young dan i think everyone thought that he injured Boyce um when it was kind of yeah. just a, a, a like he kind of got that little bit of of stick and you know it does make such a difference and i've said it to the boys before the game and i've said it on here before how much you know the time castle crowd can influence the ref and can influence players and influence them in a positive and a negative way, you know, it, it wasn't a, okay, the tackle on Devlin was possibly a orange card, for example, but I think everyone maybe blew it out of more proportion than it actually was. And then even as I was playing, I was thinking, mate, if he makes one more foul, it's going to be a real pressurized situation yeah. because it's getting booed. It was getting that sort of, you know, that niggly feeling to it. And, you know, it does influence decisions. It influenced our manager to take him off. It influenced us in terms of, you know, a few of us spoke to him and being like, you need to be real careful here because they are on you. And, and that's what you like playing. And you like playing in stadiums where the fans are, are right on top of the game, are watching the game, are involved in the game. And, you know, there's a lot of times you play in different stadiums where, you know, fans wouldn't even really pick up on that. But, you know, Tynecast was definitely one of them that, if someone's on a yellow and they make a foul, there's a you know massive outcry and you know loud reception. So that but even the ref is realizing, hey, listen, mate, like I can't really get away with giving you another foul without giving you a yellow. And um, that was probably the case in the first half. That, although I didn't think it was a, a real dirty game, I thought the game was kind of no, played in a I think, relatively um, good spirit. 
I think but um, you also know, that there was a lot of niggling fouls and yeah. I mean, we have to talk about the boys when he obviously he puts hearts back in front, a good quick break. Ginelli with a cross, boys finishes it. But yeah, sadly, his injury at the end of the half, like Ryan says, um, the, the tackle from Phillips was actually on Devlin. Boyce kind of comes in and it's the way it kind of almost falls awkwardly afterwards. It's not to do with the Phillips chat, the tackle. And now, unfortunately, transpires he's going to be out for probably the whole season, maybe back up towards the end of it, best case scenario. And he does draw a little bit of stick from some fans. Mark, but that's a huge blow. That's a huge blow, isn't it? It is. And it's what people see. And you get frustrated if he's got a heavy touch or something like that. But Jimmy can talk to this as well. He never hides. There's two types of yeah. players. There's ones that don't want to get involved. Yeah. And Ryan, you'll have played with several um, from both sides. Those that are, no matter what happens, they want the ball, regardless. They're leaders on the pitch. And, and Jimmy, you'll have played with several um, as well, like that, and and that's that's Liam Boyce. Regardless if he takes a bad touch, the, these players, these types of players, must be for teammates. They've got to be the best teammates going because they never hide. So even on the pitch, the amount of like coaching and communication and telling um, Janelli where to go, where GMS where to go, when to play that ball, a lot of that, you know, as a fan or, or watching it. From the sidelines, you don't realise until you're actually on the pitch how much he's sort of coaching those players and telling them where to go. And, um, you know, you could hear him a few times, if I'm going short, someone has to go in behind and this isn't how we're meant to play. And, you know, they obviously, Hearts have patterns of play. If it goes to Smith at, you know, sort of the right side of centre-back, there should be a midfielder across. And if there wasn't anyone, he was one of the ones that was telling them, you know, one of those almost a coach on the pitch that's that's leading everybody. But... You know, because he maybe doesn't throw his arms around and, and make a big deal of it, maybe the, possibly the fans can't hear it or see it, whereas the players that are actually on the pitch, you know, a lot of them were looking to him at, to be like, you know, where should I go or should I be in this right position? And, um, you know, he he did a lot of that coaching for the sort of Janelli and GMS and the midfielders that they had. You know, he had a, go, a couple of goes at Cammy and um, Big Pete when they didn't play it into his feet, you know, when he felt that he was on and, um, I think, you know, in these next couple of weeks or months when Boyce is out of the team, there's possibly a, a scenario that Hearts fans will actually realise, hey, listen, yeah, he does give the ball away sometimes. He could possibly score a lot more goals. But what he does bring to the team is now missing because he's a vital clog to that team moving forward. Second it'd half. Be a, it'd be a hard one to replace, I feel. Oh, Absolutely. Um, second half, Andy Considine manages to get Saints level eight minutes into it, nodding in at the back post from a corner. Um, Nathaniel Atkins had to go off as well, but with nine minutes to go, on Shanklin, who came off the bench, converts a penalty kick after Barry Mackay was fouled by Liam Gordon. Um, Jimmy, I think you know, we spoke about it after the game. Given everything that happened, you know, all the changes in the heart side, you know, the injuries they then faced, the numerous reshuffles. I felt to me like the biggest one of the season so far to face up to those extenuating circumstances and actually manage to dig out three points. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was, a, 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 apart from your, your allegiances, I thought it was a terrific game of football by two teams who were at it. They were at it. It felt like a Scottish Cup tie. It felt like a Saturday mm. afternoon Scottish Cup tie. We need to get, we need to win this game of football and go into the next round. I, I thought it was, there was some super challenges. I know there was one or two injuries, and there was nothing malicious to it. But there was, there was, there was, a, there was fire in people's bellies. There was, there was, it was empty end. There was, there was atmosphere. 
I tell you what, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. And yeah, Hearts maybe did a little bit more than St Johnston and got over the line to get the 3-2-1. But I tell you what, they, they've got a number of good players in their teams. You know, so I, like, I, like, I like what I see. I like their energy. I thought it was a terrific game of football. And, and I have no problem when it gets a wee bit feisty and there's one or two challenges. And I think it adds to the whole the whole game. And, but yeah, there's, there's a slight worry, certainly from from looking into the heart squad that there's a number of injuries there but as I say to you I think you might just find that we've got a decent squad we've got a number of young kids underneath the the, the surface that that I'm hearing really good things so there might be a wee gem out there coming in shortly you never know Yeah, even like um, Connor Smith coming on so you guys know that during COVID when I was with, with Hearts and they let me train with the sort of resi team he was one of those players that was he was out on loan at that time and um, you know, I've kept in, in touch with him. But, you know, with those injuries and suspensions, sometimes that gives an opportunity for him. He probably played a little bit longer than Robbie would have thought or played it. But, you know, he was one that, again, he was against me, but somebody that, you know, I take good interest in. I was happy that, you know, he got on the ball. He was wanting to play it forward. He, he did everything that he's good at. And, you know, that would give Robbie, Connor, you know, people around the club a little bit of hope of being like, yeah, okay, we've lost a couple of players, but these young boys that are waiting in the wings, you know, it could be a good opportunity for them. They might ha- not have to go out and get another midfielder. They might just say, listen, Connor, you, you played really well at the weekend. We might need you a little bit more than we had planned or what we thought. And, um, you know, like in football, it changes so quickly that, you know, somebody's injury or someone's suspension can give him an opportunity. And I thought he gave a really good account for himself at the weekend. He certainly did. Now, also looking ahead, um, at the time of recording, Hearts haven't played Kilmarnock yet, but this will be going out on the Wednesday, so we don't want to focus too much on a preview of that. Um, Mark, I wouldn't be surprised if it's very much a, a weak heart side for the killer game, and looking ahead with Livy on Saturday, the squad rotation takes a whole other level now as well. It does. There has to be a kind of, right, let's meet at nine o'clock and see who's available. For selection, uh, as we speak, we don't know if international clearance has arrived yet for the new Greek-German signing, which I'm sure you're going to abbreviate in commentary just to help Jimmy out. <laughs> on, on that one. Jimmy, have you have you tried his name yet? No, I'm not even attempt it. No, no, no. Sorry. Kio Mertzoglu. Oh, good lorry. Well done, Paul. But he likes, to be fair, he does like to be called Kio. So you, you're, you. You're, you're able to call him that. And the other thing I was going to say as well is, you know, at the time of recording, deadline day happens on Thursday. So I didn't want to get too much into replacements because so much could happen. By the time you're listening to this, a lot could have happened. I expect two or three signings to come in. So we might, Mark, possibly do a very brief transfer special after this has happened rather than okay. speculate just now. Yeah, Maybe? I remember back in the day, BBC Radio Scotland used to do Through the Window. Um, and they stopped doing the it because not, nothing happened. It is out the window now. Nothing happened once. One time, so they never did it again. And the next transfer window, everything happened, and they wished they they were back on. Uh, interesting listening to Robbie Nielsen um, after the game against Ryan St Johnston, where he was talking, and and even today in the pre match press conference for the Killy game, he was he was talking about being um, a little bit more deliberate and, and a little bit stronger in in, in chasing targets. Um, now that he's going to be without Kai Rolls for for a couple of months, and and Liam Boyce potentially. For the rest of the season, so there'll be work done. I don't know how much, and and just even if Hearts only get one in, they'll want more. Yeah, I, I, Ryan will know having been involved in the game 
with a transfer market, um, slightly different when, when Jimmy was 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 playing a different way of trying to get your release or get a move from a football club. But Ryan, there comes a time whereby you could maybe be sitting in the house with a couple of hours left of a transfer window and then two hours later, your world's upside down. Yeah, well, I think it's... Well, that was the whole sort of... I've seen that it's 10 years today since the Liverpool game. And then obviously yeah. the whole... The day after with me and Temps, you know, I going into that Liverpool game, I had no idea of anything that could possibly happen. And, uh, you know, the following day at 6 o'clock, I got a phone call from... Um, David Sutherland to say that they accepted a bid from Rangers. That was the first I'd heard of Rangers even being remotely <laughs> interested in signing me. So these things can happen super, super quickly. But from a Hearts perspective, I think you know, the way that they've done their business since you know Robbie's been in charge and Anne and Joe Savage is that they all have players that they've been speaking to, you know, worst case scenario, and they all have their targets that they want. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they've spoken to these players, but now that there's been a couple of injuries, they might then, you know, really zone in on them. But like you said, there's so many moving factors in, in football these days that, um, yeah, it literally could go down to the you know last sort of six, seven hours of the window to try and get these players, you know, the best deal or, or get the players that they want across the line. So we will be back possibly before the weekend to discuss some transfer news we're assuming there will be some and if there is we'll maybe have a quick review of that um we will be back next week to talk about Kamarnik and livingston games we've had a bit of a bumper episode so we've not got much opportunity to preview those just now um but thanks very much jimmy for for coming on and, and joining us i know we, we we chat rubbish for hours every weekend but it's been good you to... chat rubbish for hours i chat quality <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> Yes, Jimmy, you better not have been slagging me during the game at the weekend. The Never, my friend. Never. Can I just say, I noticed you last week, we were on the, the BBC with the, uh, the Stuart fella, and I thought you were impeccably dressed. Impeccably oh, dressed. Well, I love the jacket you. and the, the t-shirt. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank well, you, my friend. I'll make sure, the, I, make sure I look good. The Stuart fella. <laughs> the Stuart fella. What Michael Stuart. <laughs> Played for Hearts team. Twice. <laughs> Um, and uh, thanks for coming on, Ryan. You know, um, you know, we have we have a laugh and a joke about it, but we appreciate you coming on. You're a St Johnston player, and um, I thought you played well at the weekend. And I th- I'm I'm hoping that you win. <laughs> I'm you. hoping I'm hoping you win. I was going to say, that's how much not. praise has he ever given you, Ryan, on here? So that's I think that's the nicest thing he's ever said to me. Wow, <laughs> there'll be a butt somewhere right up there. No, I was oh, going to say, right. and I'm hoping you'll win the Battle of the Saints at the weekend, St Mirren on Saturday. Yes. A game for yeah, you boys, isn't it? We've got a good... We had a tricky run. We've had a, a difficult start. But we've got some winnable games coming up. I think it's St. Mirren, Ross County, Kilmarnock, Dundee United. You know, they're the, they're the games that, that come at the end of the season will be judged on. Not so much, you know, the sort of... We had Rangers away, Aberdeen at home, and then um, Hearts away. You know, that, that's a, three tricky games for us. But, yeah, you know, I think... Moving forward, get a couple of signings in, you know, similar to Hearts before the window goes, and yeah, we should be all right. Where are you going to be playing this weekend? Midfield or defence? Where do you fancy? <laughs> oh, who knows? Yes, like Jimmy said, getting a little bit older. I don't know how many miles I can get in my legs, but um, <laughs> yeah, as long as I'm as long as I'm in the starting eleven, I'll, I'll try my best, whether that be at at the back or in the midfield, we'll wait and see what happens. 
So big games for Hearts, big game for Ryan McGowan and St. Johnson. We'll be back next week or a bit earlier. Um, in the meantime, thanks for tuning in. You try me once, you'll beg for more